Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. How many enjoyed Ida's music? Fantastic. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity as you guide us further. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What did I tell you I was going to tell you today? How to how to get the 10 10 to Exodus 2018 verse 21 Exodus 18 verse 21 Fantastic Moreover thou shalt provide out of all the people, able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place them over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Now, how can you get at least ten people To follow you To lead them to God Amen The answer is very simple And should have been easier For you To know Than me To know Because you live here In Namibia And you can understand In a dry country Like your country Where there is no water Right, you have wild animals here, a lot of animals, isn't it? Compared to Ghana, where we have slaughtered all, we have no animals like you have the ones you have here. Now, how do you make animals come to you? Once I was in a hotel in uh, Zimbabwe, and this hotel had a special feature that made animals come. Whilst I was in the hotel, they told us, do not walk from the restaurant to the room in the night. Do not try. Do not step out of the lobby in the evening. Do not feed animals. Don't leave anything in your balcony. Close your balcony door. Yeah, because the the hotel has got a special feature that draws at least 10 animals. And that's a feature you are going to have to draw at least 10 sheep. 
to follow you. This hotel had water. They created, dug out water. They dug out a hole in front of the hotel. So as we are here, they dug out the hotel down there. And all the animals, when you look at it like this, you not see any animal. Then suddenly, you will see 24 elephants have come. Then they will come and call us from the room that elephants have come. Everybody come and see. And you see, you can sit on the balcony, have tea, coffee, your lunch, everything. And here are elephants. They've come to drink water. Different animals, different types of animals came every day. I was, I was so happy in that hotel because I like animals. All right. So that's when you realize, you see, when you have water, drinking water, all right, in a dry and thirsty land, you know, all the animals are going to come there. Yes. You have to know what brings another animal. One time I wanted to get rabbits to come and stay at, you know, in our campus. And then somebody advised me, said, you know, do you know what eat rabbits? Snakes. So as I have these rabbits, they, they will be more happy in the area. And I said, no, I don't want cobras and vipers to be happy near me. I'll be happy to see them, but they will draw other things. Do you understand? So, you must have water and your sheep are going to come there. Turn with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. So the first thing that if you want to have a sheep to write a psalm like this about you. Okay? You must be some, a shepherd who provides the needs of the people. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I will not be in need once this man is my pastor. Once I follow this girl. Once I follow this brother who is becoming a shepherd to me. I will not need anything. Yes. And when you have a good pastor, he cares for you. You see, you may criticize prophets who come around, sometimes they do magical things and they seem to take monies and all that from the people. And you may not understand. But, you see, people have problems and fantastic problems which have no solutions. The problems they have have no solutions. Nobody has a solution. And so when, when they send somebody can meet their need, people go there. It's like a church. You know, you may think you are against prophets, but there are people who are against the church. The, the church they don't want the church to exist. Communism. Alright? And even many countries in the Middle East 
They don't want the church at all. Not that they don't want a prophet. And there are countries and times where people don't understand why are people going to this church? Why do people give offerings in a church? And the pastor seems to be richer than the members. They, they hate it. They can't stand it. But you see, when people have needs which have no solutions and they see that my need can be met here, they always go there. So when you are a shepherd, you are a multi-purpose solution center. Yes, the churches, look, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Through the church, you will have your needs met. All. All needs. Spiritual needs will be met. Then, physical needs will be met. Yes. Physical needs. Because you learn a lot of sense. You know, since you even came to church here, since yesterday, you may have heard something that will make... I was talking about fend for yourself, husbands, and certain things, phlegmatics, and all these things. You learn. You are learning. You are learning. Yes. You are learning something that is going to separate you from poverty. So your needs are going to be met financially. Your needs for marriage are going to be met. True or not true? How many girls here are not married? Raise your hand. Yes. All of you not married. Okay, put your hands down. Levy here is married, isn't she? Yes. But how did she get married? How did she get married? If you think about it. How did she get married? By being a normal Namibian girl? Not at all. Not at, not at all. Not at all. Many normal Namibian girls will not get married. True or not true? Sex you will have. Multiple partners you will have. But marriage, not at all. Now, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's your name? Florence. Are you also Namibian? Yes. Are you married? Where's your husband? Point to him. Right there. Isn't it? Where did you meet your husband? Huh? In the church. Yes. Doing what in the church? What was she who was doing? Who was a shepherd? Bishop, <laughs> we're, we're, we're both shepherds and potential shepherds. I think we started with potential shepherds. We're both shepherds in the church. So, so doing shepherds like then. We went together to, uh, to Ghana. To Bible school. The Bible school. So by the time we returned, it happened. Yes. Yes. Is it not amazing? Two girls. What about? Don't take away my volume. Who is that? Who's taking away my volume? And what about the third lady down there? What's your name? Mercy. Are you married? Who are you married to? 
Carlos, where did you see him? In church. Come. Where where did you see in him? What did I see in him? Where where in the world? In church. We met in church. We met in church. Wow. wow. What's your name? Mercy. Mercy. Are you Namibian? Yes, Bishop. Three Namibian girls that are married. All of them church. Through one way or another in the church. You see, in the church is where you will meet a man who will marry. Yeah. A man who will have sex plenty. You don't even need to go anywhere in particular. Just stand in the world. Just come out of your room. How many girls have met boys who are ready for sex anytime? Raise your hand in Namibia. Is it that easy to find a man who wants to marry, not sex, but marry? Not at all. Not at all. Yes. So you see once again that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So when people start to detect that their needs are being met here, then they start to come. And that's what the animals do. So uh, we are you know, we are really thirsty. <laughs> this is what we need. Even if the water is in front of a hotel, we want to the water and we go there. Yes. So meeting the needs, marriage, prosperity, uh, advice, even some of you don't have fathers. How many of you haven't had fathers telling you what to do? You are mostly been with your mother or rarely have any father. Raise your hand high in the sky. Most of us here. Now when you come to church, your need of a father, a father is strong, is a strong man. A father, listen, a father is a strong man who says, shut up. You are wrong. Stop it. Go and face the wall. Come back. I love you. Don't worry. But you are wrong. I beat you small. Go away. Come back. Sit down. Okay. Time for this. Time for that. Stop nonsense. Start this. Many of you haven't had it. And you need it. It's like you are like a house without a roof. It's, there's no cover over your head. Can you imagine there's no cover over it? rain, sand, everything is falling on us. And that's what it's like when you don't have a father. Yes. You are connected free to the atmosphere. And whatever the atmosphere brings is what you experience. You come to the church and you hear and you see and even pastors become fathers to you. Yes. Through their words, through their speaking, through their talking, through the rebuking, shouting, everything. You see that you are being corrected. Yes. True or not true? Yeah. So there is a very big need. You know, one day somebody, I was talking to a bushman. 
Do you understand when I say a bushman? A man without setting up. A man without setting cultures. And I was telling him, behave like this, behave like this. And he was looking at me, and I, I could see in his eyes, he was thinking, well, maybe I come from a different family with all these cultures. Then I stopped and I told him something. I said, look, all the things I'm telling you, I never saw it in my house. I didn't see it with my parents. I learned it in church. I heard a pastor talking. I heard him say this. I heard him say, wow. I heard him mention his wife. I heard him mention that. I heard him. I didn't know. Many things we come here to see it, to learn it. Yes. This is where you see it. This is where you learn it. This is where you know it. So the church is like a multi-purpose solution center. Yes. And every one of us can grow. That is why, that is why many of you must come to Ghana, to Bible school. Many of you must come for holiday. You, must, you have not traveled before. Hey. You see, when you don't travel, you are a bush person. Yes. You have to travel and learn. There's something called travel and see. Some people don't understand. When I travel, I, I rarely travel with less than 10 people anywhere. Rarely. It's rarely do I have less than 10 or 12 people with me on any journey. Yes. And sometimes you ask, what are these people, what do they do? They, everybody is either in like a teaching hospital, which is, you are working and learning, or you are just around, or working, whatever. You learn. I will never like to work with somebody who has not traveled around. Yes. The reason why Pastor Vuyo and Mandla for instance, our pastors here, they are, their minds are broader than many of you. They have, they have even lived outside Namibia. They have lived. So they, they see wider. And they know more. And that's what you need. And that's how they can lead you. When Nelson Mandela and so on were trying to lead South Africa, they are able to lead South Africans or able to lead South Africa and I'm sure your own leader here I don't know much about, much about him but let me just use the one I know so I don't say something wrong <laughs> he knows more Nasmanel was a lawyer wasn't he yeah. Yeah, he's not just like an ignorant or somebody who's just shouting <laughs> no the first black law firm was his Yes, he's a lawyer. So it's like his mind is a little broader. And that is why, even he was able to even transition from the whites who put him in prison to them. And you notice, when he went through the prison and came out, he didn't kill all the white people who had arrested all the prison officers, all the people, they didn't cut them, slaughter them, start a secret murder. Uh, 
attacks to kill them silently and poison them in their house or send robbers to everybody to kill no or kidnap them or although because he was now in power you see you need a little broader mind yes if his mind was narrow he said wow you have been a crackdown they would have been executed on firing squad shot them one by tried them just now guilty 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 out so you need that training and you need to become a shepherd who can provide for the needs of the people verse 2 and verse 2 he makes me to lie down in green pastures in other words he gives me food and he leads me by still waters he gives me drink isn't it so when you can give people food they can be a shepherd when you can give people drink you can be a shepherd when Ida was singing the songs just now I was giving you something to drink now I'm giving you something to eat wow verse 3 he restores my soul when you can restore people okay then you can be a shepherd what is restoration like somebody who's really spoiled how many will say that you've been spoiled before and you are sort of restored isn't it so when you can restore somebody's soul which means to lead them in the path of righteousness for his name's sake that's what it means so you restore somebody to righteousness how many of you have been very bad before like be like you've been really like you are sinner number one capital one sinner chief of sinners yes have you have you been restored in a good direction exactly and that is possible then it means that you have experienced a shepherd is be able to take your life and say no 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 this way this way and then you see that you are changing you are changing you stop fornicating or you reduce the fornication or reduce the number of boys that you fornicate to 12 to 5 3 2 then there's only one left then it stops altogether hallelujah you have been able to be restored to the path of righteousness for his name's sake for no other reason but for his name's sake verse 4 though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me you become a comforter of people even in death amen Pastor Buyo has experienced death. Isn't it? Is it my, 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 my nana? My nana? My nana was here. Now, one day I was in the hospital and one of our pastors was, 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 was dying or he just died. He just died. A young man. And I met an older man. And he told me, an older surgeon, and he sort of stood there and talked to me for five minutes. What he said, I've remembered since then. He said, death is part of life. 
like in the in this life you know death is part of this life maybe you haven't yet seen it but one of the things which is part of our lives is the experience of death either people you know or you yourself and you have to get used to the idea do you understand now when death happens it can destroy you it it can destroy the person next to the death like you you and somebody are in a bed in a room in a house and death comes and takes the person away you know it can affect you badly you know so that is the valley of the shadow of the when you say shadow like you see like that's my shadow over there you see my shadow over there yeah all these people are in my shadow so it means I must be near you for my shadow to be over you so when you are in the valley of the shadow of death death is nearby to have been able to cast the shadow on you do you see but I'll be I'll fear no evil I'll fear no evil confidence comes so you, you, you become like a comforter recently uh, somebody in our church had a funeral somebody in his family died actually it was his child you know he, he didn't know that I would come for the funeral but when I heard about what happened I decided I told my wife that I must definitely go to this one he said when he saw me coming through the door because the body was lying so when he saw me coming through the door something jumped in him he was suddenly revived I don't know what the English words are assume, assume all English words <laughs> yeah, he said he just he couldn't believe that I was, I was there and he was just strengthened what is the word is it the right word eh? yes Yes, his soul. He was. He was. This was even before preaching. Yes, you see, a shepherd is a very important person. Uh, you see it at different times in life. One day, one of our church members, her husband died. You know, her husband was. So she she was in the house when she had a call. Early in the morning, at about eight o'clock in the morning, the person called and said. I am very sorry that I have to do this job this morning to be the one to tell you that your husband has just been killed in shooting and there was a, in, in the war. You know. So she said, Wow. Okay. Thank you. And he explained what had happened and all that. The fighting was over, but he was dead different people were calling and all that she told me something she said I never shed a tear then around 11 o'clock or I don't know what time something much later I called she said as soon as she heard my voice then she broke down and she started crying and as she was crying and I also started crying you know, because and I'm not biologically related to her. I'm not even in the same country. 
I was in Australia, she was in America. And this thing happened somewhere else. But there is a connection. And they know that it's only one person I need now. As I'm standing in in the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. I just finished comforting somebody on my phone. Whose mother has just died. Said my heart is breaking. And the Holy Spirit have to give me words to write to her and speak different words until I got a text back. I am comforted. Thank you very much. And that is it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. They need you there. That's why you go there. You don't stand somewhere. You go there. You, you have to be there. You have to be there. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Your presence comforts me. You do not know. One time, I met a sister whose husband had died. And there was another sister whose husband had also died. So I told the sister, ask advice from this person how to overcome this problem. <laughs> I was so surprised at her advice because my hand was around the sister and I told her, this one had this experience. She just turned and said, the hand that is on you, that's what I used to. The hand that's holding you, that's the hand that was the same hand that helped me. That is all. I don't have any advice for you. <laughs> yes. Thou art with me. And that's why when you are silly and stupid and foolish, you jump out of churches which are very important to you. Yes, because, you know, death is part of life. If not today, tomorrow. Yes. Everybody you know will die. And if you are the last one standing, it means you are going to attend a lot of funerals before you finish. You cry more than anybody else in the world. All your friends will be gone. You see that your address book is left with only dead people. When you turn A, all are dead. B, all are dead. C, all are dead. D, all, D, E, F, G, all. Yes. Verse 5. That's what it means to be a shepherd. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So there will be enemies and that person is going to pro- provide provide provision for you I tell you, why will people not come? Huh? have you thought about why will people not come to you? 10 at least 10 people with all these benefits if you can provide all such a table in the presence of enemies for 10 people huh? Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Wow. My cup runneth over. It means I have more than I need. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You loyalty. You, you learn to just stay. Yes, you learn to just stay. Amen. Amen. So, 10 people who learn to stay 
around and ten people whose needs you provide from verse one the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want for me when I see my members everybody must be blessed must be fed must have a wife must Mandla you were telling me one time I asked you about your wife tell that testimony quickly Bishop. Tell the people the testimony you were saying. Very important. A testimony I gave. Bishop Testimonies David. are your counselors. Yeah. Um, I remember, of course, in Pretoria, we, I got saved in Pretoria and the dusty streets of Sunnyside. And, and I remember um, joining the church, just to make it quick. I remember joining the church and uh, we went for the first camp, which was uh, the laws of the army. And uh, we were new, obviously, and that was our first camp. And after the camp, we had the privilege, and Bishop Klufi arranged for us to, to accompany Bishop to the airport. And we were somehow at the airport and standing at the foyer, and Bishop was having meetings. And on this side, we were just standing there we, with some big shorts and big tops and boots and stuff. We didn't look anything pastoral or anything whatever. But we were standing there and on the side, and Bishop was busy, and then... Just about a few minutes after that, Bishop calls says, Mandla, come, you know. And so I run and I come and I stand and Bishop asks, so when are you marrying? I mean, just out of the blue. And I'm looking and I'm wondering, we've just come to airport. Where does marriage come into place? I was trying to correlate between what, what has this got to do with that? And Bishop asked me, when are you marrying? And I stumbled over my words, of course, being shocked. And I said, I'm getting, I'm busy getting ready to marry. But he didn't stop there. He asked me further and he asked, um, so do you have all the money to get married? That, no, that was deeper because that's not the same as when are you getting married. That's when it changed because it was like, because I, the, the reason why I couldn't marry at the time is because I, I was short of funds. And he cared so much and asked, so the money, how, how much do you need? The question of course is, how much do you need? And of course, being a father, being a bishop, uh, being a father, not just a bishop, a father, <laughs> you know, bishop helped me to get married. And, and bishop immediately, if I can say it, I would like to, immediately bishop instead said, give him money now to marry. And, and oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 I, I tell you. And, um, and of course, there, there she is. When I got the money, <laughs> I did it by phone. <laughs> when I got the money, I did not buy something else. I made sure to go and buy what the money was for. So there it is. Thank you, Bishop. Bishop, because of you. Uh, um, thank you very much. Hallelujah. Turn to Acts chapter 3. Now, now Peter and John, okay, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth 
hour. Amen. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask of alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Look at us. Look at us. And he gave it unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. Underline those words. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up Stood and walked And entered with them Into the temple Walking Leaping and praising God And all the people saw him walking And praising God Now Number one uh, Not number one What Do you need to, To do To be able to get 10 people You need to have Something that the 10 people need Yes And What did Peter and John say Such as I have I give to you Like what I have I'll give you I don't have no money I don't have no cash But what I have what I have is what I give you. Now, you cannot give what you don't have. What money do you use in Namibia? Namibia dollar. I have. Not that I don't have Namibian dollar. I've not seen one before. <laughs> since I was born. I've never seen a Namibian dollar before. How much more to have one? And I'm sure I'll see one before I go. Namibian dollar. How can I give you Namibian dollar when I don't have a Namibian dollar? It's such as I have. Give IV. If you ask me for Ghanaian CDs, I can give you Ghanaian CDs because I have Ghanaian CDs. But Namibian dollar, I don't have Namibian dollar. Such as I have, I give thee. So, for people who are looking for what they need, you have to have a load, solid load of what they need. Yes, you have to be solid with what they have, what they need. And what do they need? They need the word. Of God. Amen. They need the word of God. Are you still there? 
They need the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God is very, very important in um, that's what people need and that's what people want. And that's what people come for. Amen. Are you there? Yes. That's what people need and that's what people want. And that's what people come for. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 97. This is a song that Ida has been singing to us. Oh, how I love thy law. Can you sing it for me? Oh, how I love thy law. No, just nice a cappella come stand. Oh, how I love. Have you found it? Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law, isn't it? It is my meditation all the day. Through thy commandments, thou hast made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments. For thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate Every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a lamp unto my path. Amen. Sing one or two lines. Oh, one. how I love thy law, O oh Lord. Verse 97. It is my meditation mm. all the day long. That's verse 97. Verse 98. Through thy commandments, thou through thy commandments, thou hast made me wise, wow. wiser than my enemies. Oh, my enemies, how sweet are thy words! It's sweeter than honey to my mouth. Ooh. I have more understanding, yes, verse 99, than all my teachers. Wow. For the testimonies mm. are my meditation. Mm. I understand Best more hundred. than the ancient. Wow. Because I keep thy precepts. That's verse 100. How sweet are your words, sweeter mm. than honey to my That's verse 103. Sweeter than. The next one. I have refrained. Verse 101. From every evil way. Verse 101. That I might keep thy word, O oh Lord. 
have not departed from thy judgment for thou hast taught me how sweet are your words wow, sweeter one, oh, than honey to my mouth is it fantastic is it amazing Sing from verse 97 again. Oh, how I love oh, thy Oh, I love thy law, oh Lord. Mm. It is my meditation all the day long. Mm. Verse 98. Thy commandments. Verse 98. Thou hast made me wise. Wiser than my enemies. Oh, my enemies. How sweet are thy words Sweeter than honey To my mouth The next one I have more understanding Ah, verse 100, verse 100 Than all my teachers I have more understanding than my teachers For that testimony They are my meditation Mm. I understand more than the ancient Mm. Because I keep thy precepts how sweet are thy words. Sing that line again. Sing it again. Sing that I line. understand more. Verse 99. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Mm. For thy testimonies are my meditation. Verse 100. I understand more than the ancients. Mm. Because I keep thy precepts. You always sound older. Oh. Look, you always sound older than your age when you keep his word and you have his word and you meditate on his word you, you understand more than the ancients and one time I was on a, an aeroplane, KLM with the finance minister of Ghana some years ago I was sitting here and he was sitting here separated by an aisle and I started talking to him and I explained so many things to him we spoke so much and so long that they finished all the eating and the air, the air hostess came and told us that we were disturbing the rest. That was the, the, the minister, finance minister. Now, as we were talking, he, he just asked me, how old are you? <laughs> he asked me, how old are you? Because he detected the wisdom. And I told him, you for, I told him, you for instance, Minister of Finance, you should be at this position, ABC. I explained to him. He was just quiet listening to me. He was amazed. I understand more than the ancients. Yes. Because I keep thy precepts. Continue. I have more understanding than all my teachers. That's verse 99. For that testimony. Are my meditation. Are my meditation. Verse 100. I understand more than the ancients mm. because I keep thy precepts. How sweet are thy words. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. The next line. I have refrained my feet from every evil way Mm. that I might keep thy word, O Lord. That's 102. I've not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me how sweet are your words, sweeter than honey to my mouth.
Is it amazing? Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Second Timothy chapter three verse fifteen. It says in verse fourteen, continue thou in the things which you have learned of me and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Second Timothy three. Okay. And that from a child huh I'm waiting for you because I can see that some people are finding it still Have you found it? Alright. It is a verse that most people don't take note of. But I want you to take note of it now. It says that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise. Which are able to make thee wise. People are going to come to listen to the wisdom that you have. People don't know what to do. Every single one of you girls, I have a word for you that can help you to become a married woman by the grace of God. Yes. If you listen to my messages, you will see you hear some keys there. Even today, I've already given you a key to getting married. Even today. I mean, I don't know if you saw the key, but I was showing you a clear door. That is the door. (laughs) <laughs> I said, I don't know if you saw it. Yes. I was showing you a way like this straight. I showed you those who are married. I gave you how they got married. You know, when Levi came to Ghana and she was finally going away with her husband, Samuel, I said in my heart that this is a clever girl. Yeah. You see, without wisdom, you cannot overcome difficult situations. There are more girls than boys. And a lot of Namibian boys are not interested in marriage. Yeah. These are difficult situations. Without wisdom, you will be stuck in the mud. Everybody says stuck in the mud. Yeah. And unable to move. Are you listening to me? Yeah. But God delivers you from every stuck in the mud situation. Thou hast known the what? Thou hast known the the what? Your school books? The newspapers? Radio stations? Thou hast known the what? 
holy scriptures that are able to make thee So wise that you are saved, salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Many people are not wise enough to be saved. (laughs) If you are here, you are wise. If you are here, you are wise. I'm not talking to fools, I'm talking to wise people who can be even wiser. Has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise. Reading Nelson Mandela's theories and any of these people's theories are not the kind of wisdom I'm talking about. I'm talking about the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise, wise man. Wise man, wise man, wise man. Thou hast known the holy scriptures, holy word, the Bible, the word of God is able to make you a wise man. Do you know that all through my life I have never been chosen to even be a class prefect? Like when they look at the class and like who is a clever person and who is a good person here, let's choose one person here to be the class prefect. I was never chosen as the class prefect or the deputy class prefect. And I was never chosen even as the one to wipe the blackboard. The blackboard monitor. Never. Never. All my life. Every group I joined, they never chose me. I don't know what is on my face, but they never wanted me. Even the Christian fellowships, they never chose me. Yes. So, but perhaps... I was full of foolishness. So easy to see that I was an idiot. Do you understand? But when I found the Holy Scriptures, the Scriptures are able to make me wise, even where people wouldn't even choose me. Yes, many people, they didn't choose me, but now they learn from me. Yes. There are people that have even met my children and said, your father has taught us so much and has been a place. Anything I can do to help you. And my child doesn't even know who the person is. He said, because of your father. Because of your father. What a blessing. Thou hast known the Holy Scripture. This Bible, all of you who play around with the Bible and don't read your Bible every day, you are nothing but a fool. Now, if I didn't mention your name, don't get angry. You know that. Did I mention your name? Did I call your name? If you know that it's not you, just keep smiling and look straight. Nobody will know that you are the fool. Do you understand? Keep smiling and keep looking forward. I never joke with my quiet time, even when I'm very busy. My quiet time must come on. Because I grew up with a rule, NB, NB. No Bible, no breakfast. 
NBNB. No Bible, no breakfast. You can write it down and make it your rule. No Bible, no breakfast. What do you call breakfast here? Breakfast? Yes. No Bible, no breakfast. From a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. From a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Recently, I met a little girl in the church. You know, one of my little, my lady pastor's daughter. And I asked her, how many verses can you quote? And I told her, go and come and quote. I gave her a number of scriptures. And I'm going to give you a voucher to go to the mall. Yes. And I remember, she, since the day I told her, she has been practicing. Hey! I was at a wedding getting into my car. And here, the little girl came. I'm ready with my scriptures. <laughs> ready with her scriptures. I stood by the car. And she was telling me many scriptures. Even I couldn't remember them myself. But I didn't tell her that I, I didn't know. <laughs> and when she finished, I had no choice than to get my wallet and find the money for the voucher. She should go to the mall and she was very happy. Little one like this. Seven years old or I don't know. Yes. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures from a child. From a child. Yeah? And it makes you wise. You know? The lady who taught me how to have my quiet time, she's called Betty. Yeah. She told me that anything you are going to do in the world, ask yourself, what verse is that? And anybody who says we should do something, you ask the person, what verse is that? If you don't have a verse for what you are doing, you don't do it. Unless you can back it. And she told me, anything in the world, there must be a verse. And it's true. There is nothing you can do. You mention anything in this world. Death, life, school, marriage, sex, anything. There is a verse for it. I have found. Yes. Even how to bury somebody. Yes. That's a verse. Because one day when the prophet was angry, he was ministry, he told them, you shall have the burial of an ass. Yes. You'll be buried of an ass. <laughs> hey! Even how to die. There are ways of dying. Say, let me not die the death of the wicked. There are ways wicked people die. And there are ways good people die. How to die? There's a scripture. There are people who die complaining all the time as they are dying. Why am I the one dying? Why this? Why that? And... I heard a pastor teaching 
the people how to die. He told them, you have to die like a lamb. Not like a pig. A pig doesn't die easily. He will struggle with you. And his body is very slippery. So you cannot hold it. You cannot catch it. And they are very strong. But a lamp just coolly. Just going like this. Coolly. Jesus died like a lamb. Not like a pig. He didn't cry. He didn't complain at all. He just prayed once. Lord, if it's possible. If possible. I want to escape. God said no. What verse is that? If your husband wants to have sex with you for the third time in in 24 hours, there must be a verse. Yes. And there is a verse. The verse. There's a verse for it. In the morning, so thy seed. In the evening, with cold mother. Are you listening to me? Now, Acts chapter 6. No, sorry, verse 16. Verse 16. Verse 16. All scripture. Why must you have these scriptures? Because four things that you are going to do for the people, alright, have these things you need all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable or is useful so when you are a shepherd and you have 10 people one of them would need instruction doctrines one of them will need reproof one of them will need correction and the, the last six of them will need instructions in righteousness Huh? So when you don't have the word You don't have much to give So all of you whose churches are not growing It's likely that you don't have much word Your message is not good Maximum impact Comes from going to the city you are asked to go to And preaching exactly what you are told to preach Jesus told his disciples Go not to the Gentiles Go to the lost house of Israel He was told He told the disciples where to go Then he told them when you go preach saying He he said what to say Saying The kingdom of God Is at hand And they went around preaching The kingdom of God is at hand The kingdom of God is at hand The kingdom of God is at hand And the Bible says Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like lightning from the sky. Satan will fall like lightning from the sky in your ministry. When you go where you are told to go 
and you say what you are told to say. That's when Satan will fall like lightning. He didn't fall gently. Maximum impact. Maximum high impact ministry. That's why I preach what I'm told to preach. I don't preach what I don't want to preach. Have you ever had your bath with your clothes on before? That is what it's like to preach what you are not asked to preach. Washing your feet with your socks on is is something is wrong even though you are washing. It's not working really. You know one day I decided to go and get a prosperity book because I realized that I was not a prosperity preacher and my prosperity preaching weren't good at the time so I went and I got a book by Kenneth Copeland who was who is one of the master prosperity preachers of our time and the book I was happy when I got the book because it was very thick and I decided that I'm going to learn how to be a prosperity preacher so I started every Sunday I would take that prosperity book and follow it exactly after some weeks I felt like I was having my bath with my clothes on even though people were clapping and it seemed to be fantastically working I felt so have you ever eaten and you wish you hadn't eaten like you've wasted your stomach (laughs) you've wasted your stomach on something you didn't want to eat and the real thing you want to eat has now come and the stomach has been wasted on the wrong food After preaching Kenneth Copeland's messages and scriptures, and the the teaching was totally biblical, totally biblical, totally biblical, because it was basically scriptures. I was sick of myself and sick of the whole thing, and I just threw it away. I said, You know, this is not what I've been asked to say. Eh? What am I doing? And I return to my real preaching that God has given me to preach. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? When you go where you are asked to go, and you say what you have been told to say, Satan will fall from the sky like lightning. Lightning. It will be fast. It will be quick. There will be a high impact when you stay with the real message God has asked you to deliver. A lot of pastors say, don't preach what you are supposed to preach. It's not the right message. I'm telling you, for where you are, 
where the church is not the right message. I've never been to certain restaurants because I don't like the food there. People go to restaurants when they like the food. And they stop going there when the food is not nice. Yes. And I am very sensitive to food taste. I can tell you immediately. Even when you are trying to deceive me. I can tell instantly. This is not correct. Yes. I eat with my eyes first. Before I eat with my mouth. And my nose comes into play as well. Are you there or you are leaving? The scriptures are for you to be able to reprove people, instruct in righteousness, doctrine, correction. And you don't have it. And you don't say the right things. Nobody's going to come and listen to you. Yes. One day, in my area, a certain lady came to set up a kiosk. Do you have kiosks? Yeah, kiosks? Like Ghana kiosks? Yeah. To sell rice. So you're selling rice in it. Rice and beans. Do you have beans? Do you have beans with rice mixed? No, they don't cook it together. It's separate. <laughs> in Ghana, we have rice and beans together. It's called wache. Hey! And she set up her kiosk just in my area. When she came, I was excited. I told my wife, a wache seller has come to our area. We are going to enjoy. But after only one tasting, I realized that her cooking weren't good at the time. And I was not the only one who realized that her cooking weren't good at the time. And people didn't buy her watching. And one day I came by and I noticed that all the windows were closed. And after that I came by again one day and I saw that the kiosk weren't there anymore. You see, you ask yourself, why are people not coming to buy? And I know somebody who was selling watches at the other side. I could send somebody to cross and cross a 15, 25 kilometers to go and buy and come back. Yes, because of what they are, what the food is there. Many pastors are not preaching nice, good men, and it's not anointed. There's no oil in it. That's the truth. That's the truth. Preaching is not nice. It is not nice. That's all. You always say, oh, the people are this, the people. You are not the one. You are not good at preaching. You are not good at preaching. Are not good. Are not good at preaching. I say you are not good at preaching. And you want to argue. How 
do you know you are not good at preaching? You know you are not good at preaching when fewer and fewer people come to the restaurant to eat. A church is a restaurant. We come and see that when we came, what we were given, we didn't like it. Recently, it was my mother's birthday. And we went with her to a restaurant. They are asking where to go. When we sat in the restaurant, we were eating. From the beginning when they brought the food to the end, I was saying myself, I didn't say, I will never come here again. I will never come here again. Yes. I will never come here again. And I knew that the food would not be nice. And it was not nice. And I said, I will never come here again. Some people are sitting in your church and they are saying, I will never come here again. I'll never come here again. I'll never come here again. I'll never, this is the last time I'll come here. Your food weren't good at the time. Instruction. You see, even blastings, even blastings can be sweet. It's called sweet and sour. You see, as you are here, I'm blasting you, but you are enjoying it. I'm blasting you, but you are you are receiving it and you are chewing it. The theme of the camp is a blasting. But you are receiving it. Where is the flock that was given thee? Yes. The theme alone is a blasting. It's a facing. Where is the flock? What have you been giving them to eat? Yes. Where is the flock? Yes. Where are the 2,000 members? You are having... This camp is releasing more than 2,000 members. And he says... Lift up your eyes and behold them that come from that. The punishment, oh. The punishment. The judgment is coming from the north. And it is connected to the question where is the flock? Many people who have not followed the flock and many people who have not followed the work have received great judgment in their life. They don't even know that they are receiving judgment. Yeah. So, instructions. How can you instruct somebody if you don't even know how to present the instructions? And you don't have the instructions. You don't have the word. And you are not wise. Listen. Verse 17. I'm telling you, church members, everybody here, ten people are going to listen to you. It says, that the, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Or the other versions say something even nicer. Amen? 
it says thoroughly equipped for every good work amen are you there thoroughly equipped so you are asking me how are you going to get the 10 the 10 people the equipment you need that will give you the ability to gather 10 people to follow you eh, is the word look at these bishops that have followed me take example Bishop Obi a businessman in the UK what were you doing in the UK? I was renting and managing houses. Yes. He was a businessman. This one, what was your profession, please? A medical doctor, a radiologist at the teaching hospital. I was a what? I was a lecturer in the medical school. Uh, what was your profession? I was just working anywhere I could get a job. Working anywhere he could get a job. He's actually a mathematician. One of the few people who studied maths at the university. Some of you by class three, it was over. I've been able to make a businessman a medical doctor and a mathematician follow me anywhere and everywhere what weapon have I used what equipment did I use did I give you money to follow me what about you tell the truth look if you tell that lie no money no what about you not at all no no not one no 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 no, 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 no. Not one. Yeah. How can you get people to follow you? The disciples said, Jesus, will you, will you also go? Jesus, are you also going? He said, Where are we going? You have the words of life. You have the words. You have the words. You have the words. You will have the words of life too. I said you will have the words of life. You are going to be filled and filled and filled. At school, at work, people will ask you, what? Where do you know all this from? <laughs> you just smiled. <laughs> you, you, you talk differently. You will always be different in the house, in school, at work. You will always be different. Joseph was in the prison. You know? I, watched, I once watched a film. When I saw the film, I said, this must be what happened to Joseph. Yeah. The man was put in a prison. And when he was put in a prison, the commander of the prison called him to his office and asked him, what did you do that you were brought here? And the man said, well, you know, they say murder and the man said to him no you are not that type I have a lot of murderers in this prison you are different you are not like what's the name of the film 
Shawshank. Yeah. He said, you don't, you don't fit it. I'm sure when Joseph was there with all the murderers, the prison keeper said, no, you are different. You will always be found different from all the others in your family. You are different. You are different. You are different. And that difference comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped. Furnished. Equipped for good works. With what? With the word of God. Read verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And verse 17. So that the man of God may be thoroughly, may be perfect and thoroughly furnished for every good work. Wow. Are you listening to me? Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Verse 1. In those days, there arose, when the number of disciples was multiplied, a murmuring that their widows were being neglected. And the twelve called the multitudes and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3. Remember, we, we are talking about what do you need so that 10 people will follow you. And I'm explaining, you need to have something to give them. Because Peter said, such as I have, what I have is what I can give you. I cannot give you what I don't have. If I don't have it, I don't have it. And he says, look out from among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint of this over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word and prayer. Amen. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Wow. wow! Whom they set before the apostles, and they laid hands on them. Amen. Verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles amongst the earth. So, you see here that you need to be full of something. You need to be full of wisdom. So, let's look for men who are full of wisdom and of the spirit. And what is able to make you wise? 
What is able to make you wise? I can't hear you. What is able to make you wise? Holy scriptures. And so they chose Stephen, a man full of wisdom and of the Holy Ghost. So you need to be filled with God's wisdom. When we talk about wisdom, we are talking about the word of God. That's what makes you wise. Somebody comes to you, you are a very wise man. We are not talking about motivational speaking or any wisdom from the world. We are talking about the word of God. That's our wisdom. That's our wisdom. Amen. Our wisdom is the word. So we must be filled with the word. Now the word is not easy to be filled with the word. Why? Because our minds already have something in them. You wonder why we keep preaching the same things over and over and over again. Why do you think I'm preaching? Do you have any idea that, or any thought that what I'm preaching, I don't know what I'm preaching? Or that I've, I'm, I, I've not preached it before? I've preached it over and over and over and over again. Why do, you think, why do we keep on? Do you think, I don't think maybe you may have heard something like what I'm preaching before? Probably. But why do we keep preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching? Because there are already things in our mind. Everybody's mind is already full of something. And that is what people want to do. And that's what people do. People do what they want to do. (laughs) Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you already have what you know. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Open to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. What does it say? Yes. Is that amazing? Okay. Now, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. Amen. Now, why did he say renewal? You see? Because the mind already has something. And it needs to be re-renewed. Renewed. The mind needs to be renewed. It's, it's, it's already programmed. Your mind is like a computer. It's the brain. And as you grow up, there are things in it. There are things in it. If a Namibian girl and a Ghanaian girl think differently and have different things programmed into your heads, it's true. You already have something that you are doing. Do you understand? Yeah. And that thing that you are doing, you get it? 
And that thing that is in your mind is what most of the time that's what we do. And it takes a lot to reprogram or renew your mind. And actually it takes time. Yes, like it takes time. You can't change even in a day. Most of you have been around for some time. For you to even come to a camp. Some of you, this is your first camp. And your mind is being renewed at this camp. And has probably been renewed. It takes a long time. That's why it's it's important to start serving God early. So when you see somebody, that's why we don't easily give up our church members. Because it takes a long time to get a member from an antelope to become a sheep. Because antelope is programmed to just run away and a sheep is programmed to stay close by. And some of you realize that when you first came to the church, you were more like a, a springbok, a kind of, I mean, running away animal. Never stable, never around. We can't get you to be around. Is it not true? But with time, you are able to reprogram. And when you are reprogrammed, you are transformed. You see, be transformed. The transformation of your life. Look at verse 2. The transformation, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, life having changed when you are not renewed in your mind. You don't really change. You don't really get transformed. So, when you marry a new Christian, it's almost like an unbeliever. Because he's just starting the renewal process. It's just starting a renovation. It has the old tiles and the old curtains and the old painting and the old finishings. And we need to remove all those things and renew everything. So the place is like new. Yes. And it depends on even who you are. If your culture is no marriage, it takes a long time to introduce the culture of marriage. It's like that. We might not that you just have a child with somebody. Find a nice handsome man and get pregnant. And just have one child on the side and that's all. You've given birth. And you are moving on with your life. Sleep with as many people as you can but don't have HIV. Do you understand? But it takes time to renew your mind. And it takes an onslaught on your mind from many different directions. You need to have your mind renewed by different channels. The word of God coming through preaching, through electronic media, through what you see when you read, what you watch a video, even by putting the scripture on the banner like it is, writing it on the thing, on your shirt, is all part of reprogramming your mind, which is programmed. It's almost like we have to delete what is there and to put a new thing in. Hey! That's why it takes time. And until you become fully renewed, you will just be ministering stories from your mother's fireside or your father's fairy tales. That's all that you'll be preaching. But when you have the scripture, learn to stay with the scripture. You know, one day, a young girl came to ask me some advice about 30, 40 years ago. And I gave her my own advice. I regret up till today. Because when she went and did what I think she shouldn't really have done, I thought to myself that I'm guilty. 
of that because I should have just said the word. So these days I say, look, anybody who asks me for advice, even if I think otherwise, I just read the best to them. I don't know what else to say. Yes. End of story. I've learned to just shut my big mouth and say the scriptures and stop giving ideas of what I think people should do. There are people who come to me sometimes they are in their difficult marriages. Sometimes I feel like telling I feel like telling her this thing will never change. Work out today. But I've learned not to say that. I'll just be looking at them and I'll open scripture and I'll read to them thou shalt not divorce this is, this is, this is, this is, this is. But in my soul, in my mind, I'm feeling that telling you are a fool. You better, you better run away. This thing's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be any change. But I've learned to shut my big mouth and trust the word of God. Just say the word. Amen. That's what we are here for. We are not here to give our ideas. We must be faithful to the message. Amen. So you need to be transformed. So that you need videos, you need scriptures, you need uh, podcasts, you need message collections, you need makane, you need to listen, you need to read, you need to see, you need to be reminded, you need reminders, you need over and over, over and over, all the time. Ah. Do you know what I feel like doing? I feel like going to my room now to listen to messages. That's what I feel like doing. Because I'm enjoying some wonderful messages in my room. Hey! I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. It's like I've got some river. I'm just drinking. Hey! It's just nice to me. Yeah. I just like it. You see, the word of God has to get to the point where it's sweet to you. It's not that they say, what did they say I should do? They say I should listen. They say I should do this. They say I should do this. They say I should do that. Now, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah, verse. Sorry, Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verse 15. And, or verse 14. Turn no backsliding children, for I am married to you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Wow. And I will give you pastors according to my heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding you are going to be feeding people with knowledge and understanding amen amen Amen. you are going to be feeding people with knowledge you see as I've come here I'm, I'm explaining to you things you are understanding I'm explaining to you. I've even showed you how to get married. I hope you are seeing it, my dear Namibian daughters. I hope you are hearing the wisdom. I hope you are hearing the wisdom. Yes. Yes. Hear and see. My Namibian sons.
you hear my Namibian sons? I'm teaching you knowledge and understanding. You'll be a man of understanding. And you'll always be different. You always stand out. I know it. One of my sons, he went to work somewhere. You know, and I, he had been with me for so many years. And he went to work somewhere. When he went, you know, the people offered him some tea. But some years ago, I had shown him a secret of drinking tea. Yes. A secret. Yes. I showed him how to drink the tea and certain keys. So when he went, the man who was the owner, the boss, was a Canadian man from Canada. And he called the rest of the people, the Ghanaians. Come along. Hey guys, come along. Have some tea. So when the people came, they hadn't received that secret of the tea. So they couldn't drink it. Hey! And the man saw that they didn't like it. So after that, he stopped inviting them. Today as I speak, all the time, this my son is the only one who is called. Come. So he will be with the boss. Everybody's outside. He will be with the boss for hours. Only the two of them. Yes. Talking. And using his he will be using my secret of the tea that I gave him. The tea secret. You are receiving knowledge and understanding. So now when he comes out, the people ask, what do you talk to this white man about? What do you talk to the white man about? They don't understand why the white man always called like, you see, I am telling you, you will always stand out and you will always be distinguished. I'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. Pastors after my own heart. So at least 10 people will follow you when you have knowledge and understanding. Verse 16. And it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increased in the land. You see, when you feed people with knowledge and understanding, they are two things, multiplied and increased. So that's why when we don't see multiplied and we don't see increased, I am sure that the pastors are not preaching and doing the right thing. Because it's not only feeding with knowledge and understanding, but what is the fruit of it? There is multiplication and there is increase in the land in those days, said the Lord. And they shall say no more, or they won't say anymore that the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall they come to mind and shall they remember, neither shall they visit it, neither shall that be done anymore. They will not be calling for old things, old relics. Verse 17. Now listen to this. And at that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord. To Jerusalem. And notice, and underline this part. And neither shall they walk anymore after the imagination of their own evil hearts. You see, people have their own imagination and ideas. 
And when you feed people with knowledge and understanding, it now goes to bomb out the imagination that is already in their heart, which is what people always just manifest the imaginations of their own hearts. What they already imagine and think. If you get married, you, you, you do what you imagine a bride should do. Yes. When you get married, you do what you imagine, oh, this is what a good wife should do. You do it. When you go, so the imaginations of your heart. One time I spoke to a widow. I asked her, did you treat your husband nicely? By the way. When she was crying, I said, by the way, by the way. Did you treat your husband nicely? At first she didn't answer it well. Maybe she was trying to hide it a little. But one day she told me, she said, Daddy, I did not treat my husband nicely at all. I did not treat him nicely at all. She walked after the imagination of her own heart. She said to me, my husband could travel like from Johannesburg to Vintok and come and be with me. They were not staying together. And he will be with me and be begging me to have sex. He will be with me for four days, three days, four days. And I will say, no, I'm tired. I don't think it's the right time. And he will go back to work. Yeah. The imagination of their own heart. Yes. A man will be walking in the house holding the belt and begging. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Why do you want to do this now? Why? Why? No. She'll be walking around. No. No. Why do you want to do this now? No, 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 no. Day one, day two, day three, day four, then he takes the bus and he's back. Far. Yeah. Neither will they walk anymore after the imaginations of them. What are the imaginations of Namibians? How do Namibians, how do Kalets think? How do Kalets here think? How do blacks here think? How do whites think? Yeah. You know, you people think differently. People in Ghana think different. People in Nigeria think, but all are, they are all evil. Not, it's not a word, it's a type of evil. This has this type of evil, this type of evil, this type of evil. You are just used to your type of evil. But they are all wicked and evil imaginations of how it should be. Yes. One day when I got married, my wife had an imagination of what it is to be a bride and a wife. So, from based on what she knew, based on what she knew, she brought me some food. And in the food, I, I don't know how to describe it here because you don't eat that kind of food. She brought me four types of food in one. You see, according to her imagination, she was doing something exotic. <laughs> yes. Something what? Exotic. Something exquisite. Something what? Something fantastic. And she put the food in front of me. I said, No. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
No, 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 no. Hey! I said, no, I don't, I don't want it. This, you see, everybody has a program. Yeah. And I showed her what I want. Wow. I said, you know, I don't want the four or five types of things. I just want one thing. Wow. I'm okay. So one day her mother came to visit the house. And she said, what are you giving your husband? What are you doing? How do you do it? She said, mommy, this is what he wants. So this is how he likes Please, I beg you, don't come and change anything. <laughs> yes. We have settled on this one for now. Yeah. You see, because everybody comes with what I think. Yes. And if what you think is negative, or what you think is odd, you may be surprised. Yeah. All of us have in our mind what you have to do to be rich. Or what you have to do to flourish. Or what you have to do to prosper. We all have in our mind what you have to do to be a pastor. But we come to say, I'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when I feed you with knowledge and understanding, neither shall they work anymore in your own idea or your own imagination of how things should be done anymore. If you go to Zambia, they teach the people about sex when they are going to get married. Yeah, they teach them how to do it. They are taught by women. Styles, movements, strategies, keys, principles, ways, steps, ideas, I mean, fundamentals, basics, precepts, practices, and principles. In Ghana, they will teach you principles of food, food, this, food, 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 but zero sex. So everybody comes with his imagination. And you don't know what the person wants. One day I met a certain brother. And I said, how is marriage? He said, it's okay. I said, do you have sex? He said, excellent. I said, do you have food? No. I said, where is your wife from? Zambia. Everybody has an imagination. Everybody has what? An imagination of how things should be. How to be happy. What is love? What is to be nice? What is finances? How to be rich? How to preach? How to do? But God wants to feed us with His knowledge, His understanding. And then it will replace, replace the imaginations of our hearts. Are you listening or you're leaving? <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 7.
Jeremiah chapter 7 and we are going to read from verse um, 19 however from verse 20 Are you there? Yes. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 20. Thus says the Lord God. Behold, my anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place. Upon man and upon beast. And upon the trees of the field. And upon the fruit of the ground. And it shall be burnt. Oh God, why are you so angry? Everybody say, oh God, why are you so angry? Verse 21. Thus says the Lord, God of Israel, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. Or, another version says, go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. For when I brought you ancestors out of Egypt and I spoke to them, I did not just give them commandments about burnt offerings and sacrifices. Yes. I did not just give them commandments about burnt offerings and sacrifices. Verse 23. But this thing I commanded them. This is what I told them. Are you with me, Jeremiah? 7 verse 23. Saying, obey my voice and I will be your God. Obey my voice and I will be your God. And you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. So in other words, God is saying, do what I say. This is what I, I didn't just come and give you instructions about burnt offerings and so on. Go and read the laws of Moses. It's not just offering, offering, offering. He says, obey my voice. Thou shalt do this. Thou shalt do the commandments. Commandments. But people want to take what they want to take. And do what they want to do. And don't want to receive all the different aspects of the word. Obey my voice and I will be your God. You shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I've commanded you. That it may be well with you. I didn't just come and talk about meat offerings. Eat it yourself. Verse 24. But they hearken not. They hearken not. Not inclined their ears. But what did they do? They walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil hearts. You see, people are always walking in the counsels or the advice and the imagination, the thoughts they themselves have of their own hearts. And they went backwards and not forward. That's why people are not moving forward. God has great plans to advance you, not to take you backwards. Yes. I said, God has great plans to advance you in the ministry. Are you there or you are leaving? Yes. You must always ask yourself Are you advancing? Are you moving forward? This one says that they, they were moving backwards. I know so many people who are moving back, 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 back. Back, 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 back. 
I'm moving forward. I'm, ad- I'm not moving backwards. I'm not moving backwards in the ministry. I'm moving forward. Can't you see I've come to Namibia? I've never had a camp here before. I'm having a camp in Namibia. I, I used to have only camp in Ghana and camp in England. I'm having camp in Namibia. And the camp I'm having here is bigger than the camps I, I used to have in England and other places. This is a bigger camp. Amen. Amen. What about you? Samuel, are you advancing? Are you going forward or backwards? Mandla, are you going forward or backwards? In First Samuel 12, says, the Bible says, it is the Lord that advanced Moses. It is the Lord that advanced Moses. The Lord advanced Moses and brought him out. God is the one who advanced him. People who are not moving forward, they are not advancing. They are not advancing in ministry, advancing in things of God. It is the Lord that advanced Moses. For you, are you advancing? Or are you playing ringa ringa roses? Fred, it's time to advance. You can't stay at the same point. Next year by now, you cannot be at the same spot that you are into. It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. Advanced him. God is advancing me. I see myself being advanced. And God did not only advance Moses, he advanced Moses and Aaron. You are being advanced. Amen. But you see, people are going backwards because they are not really going by what you are telling them. They are going by what they think. There's something they have in their mind. One day I was officiating a wedding. You know, I heard Rick Joyner saying it too. Few people follow instructions. When I was having a wedding, I I said, it's time for the rings, please. May I have the rings, please? Then the bridegroom came. You know, the rings, some of the rings, sometimes the the wife's ring, if she's a bit plump, can be bigger than the groom. And if you watch some pastors make a mistake, then they give the bride's the, the bride's ring to the bridegroom and the bridegroom's ring to the bride. So the bridegroom will be struggling to fit a smaller ring and so I said may I have the rings please. So when the, the best man came I said remove the rings and put it here so that I can, I can see. You know. Then he did something different. And I asked him, I said, do you speak English? Do you speak English? You see, he has an imagination of what he would do as a best man. And that is what he's going to do. Not what you tell him to do. 
the opposition to obeying God and your great blessings, what is already in your mind before the word of God starts to come? Yeah. Yes. It's what's already in your mind. One day, day, I met a certain sister. She was getting married. We counseled her and we showed her what is called the sexometer. Hey! Something we call sexometer. It's in the marriage counseling. It shows you it's a meter to check your sexual uh, mileage. And we gave her certain advice that she needs to follow. After she got married, after like two years, I met her, two or three years, I met her. I said, How is marriage? It is going well, by God's grace. I said, Wonderful. And I said, How is your sex life? She said, oh, It's okay. So I was just about to leave. Everybody says, Okay. So I said, When was the last time you had? Sex. When was the last time? Oh, it's about nine months to one year. One year. Now, you see. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying, my dear friend, is that she was had a mind already in her mind. She had an imagination in her mind. Yes. Every one of us, I have imagination. You have your imagination. We all have our imaginations. It's the replacement of those imaginations with the word of God. That is when a real change comes into people's lives. You have Namibian imaginations in your mind. You have Namibian imaginations in your Namibian mind. (laughs) True. If I had grown up in America, I would have American imaginations in my American mind. Yeah. Wow. Is it fantastic? Whatever wicked and evil imagination is in your mind that is blocking the word of God today, it is declared, expunged, and eliminated. In the name of Jesus, we shall never find an evil imagination in your life again. Whatever Namibian thoughts. Namibian ideas Namibian imaginations Are blocking the word of God In your life Today I cancel and correct them In Jesus name You are changing You are changing You are changing Yeah Some of us when it is when you marry someone that you realize what is in the person's mind. Person has a mind, I tell you. Uh, and that's what you enjoy or reap or suffer from. The person's mind. 
Yes. Yeah. Imaginations. And the same thing goes for the ministry. Everybody has his imagination about what it is. Yeah. But God doesn't want you to use your own mind for this work. You can't lead people with your own ideas. You just come with the word of God and say, This is it. You may be seated. Now, Acts chapter 6. You need, we are back to our theme. What am I going to give? Amen? Amen. What am I going to give? What am I going to give such as I have? Amen? Amen. And what are you going to be full of? The word word and the wisdom. The word and the wisdom of God. And I'm explaining to you why. It takes a lot. You think that somebody has read his Bible, but it's not full of the word. It's rather 90% full of his own imaginations and only 10% of the word. Everybody here has a fraction. I am full of my own imaginations and a percentage is the word of God. The more my imaginations are less and the word of God is superior, the more my life changes. Yeah. That's it. We are all born with ideas. When you come into this world, they'll give you a doll. So, oh, you play with the doll. So you imagine, oh, I'll have a baby. The baby will be like a doll. I'll be playing with the baby. It's, it's you are taught. Then you see a wedding. You say, oh, a dress, whatever. So, many people think only up to the white dress. Only up to the doll. Only up to... They don't know what the rest is happening. What is, what is causing it? How does it come out? What happens afterwards? Imagination is just up to what you saw from childhood. It says they walked in their own wicked, evil imaginations and went backwards instead of forwards. Backwards instead of forwards. <laughs> they went back instead of forward. Many of my pastors would have advanced. Bible says it was the Lord who advanced Moses and Aaron. They would have advanced in ministry. They would have advanced in prosperity. But they went backward because they were following their own imaginations. You will never follow your imaginations again in your life. I don't want to follow my imaginations. I'm praying about my own imagination. I'm trying to regroup my mind. Remember I was telling you recently that I, I took a book and I started to preach prosperity. Yeah, because you see, I didn't want to walk in my own imagination. It doesn't come naturally to me. But I don't want to be somebody who doesn't preach something because of, maybe there's something that I have against it or something. No. So I wanted to try with all my. I try her. Week after week. But after some time, I realized that look, I've tried. The prosperity message God has given me is Matthew 6:33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall. That people are dying for shall be added. Unto you. Wow. Is it amazing? Is it fantastic? 
Is it wonderful? Amen. Amen. Now, the second thing you must be full of if you are going to be a man who is going to attract people to follow you and to listen to you, apart from the word, is the Holy Ghost. Yes, such as I have, give I thee. Such as I have, give I thee. Amen. Such as I have, give I thee. Acts chapter 6. What does it say? Verse 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Such as I am full of, such as I have, give I thee. If I don't have it, I can't give it. If I am not full of it, I have nothing to give. Now, pastors and shepherds and people who have disciples and who have advanced in the Lord to the point that they have, what do you call it, uh, have been advanced by the Lord, must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Must be filled with what? The Holy Ghost. Must be filled with what? The Holy, the Holy Ghost. They must be filled with the Holy Ghost. There is a ghost who is holy. And this ghost which is holy must be your friend. <laughs> wow. It's not a ghost who is scary and a ghost whose presence will frighten you. But it's a ghost who is holy. Let's welcome Bishop Richard to take us through a few minutes. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.